when we publicize the program and the speed of it and stuff like that, and especially you, when we made content about you, Mm -hmm. it created a lot of controversy. Yeah, you told me that. (laughs) Yeah, so there was two main things that people would say. One, it's not possible, Mm -hmm. or two, it's dangerous. What would be your response to those people? They should come through the program. (laughs) (laughs) You got to come through the program, right? You can't be outside of a building telling people what is happening in the building. Welcome to the Bravo Lima podcast. Skies are clear, comms are open. This is episode two. Uh, Technically, one more time because I was looking at the screen. You're right. I'm really sorry. I really, I realized it in the middle, and then I was like, "Okay, all right." This is great. Okay, take. Well, I don't know, 30? Okay. 77. <laughs> Welcome to the Bravo Lima podcast. Skies are clear. Comms are open. This is episode two. Uh, technically, the skies are not clear today. So. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's true. It's, it's true. very <laughs> rainy outside. Okay, we cool. just watched some people trying to push planes in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I'm happy to be here. I'm Ashley. I forgot what I was going to say. She jumped in so quick, I wasn't ready. <laughs> so it's been a long time since episode one. Yes. Uh, we did it right before holidays, and I didn't think about that. I didn't think about doing a podcast right before the holidays started, and I didn't expect for it to be you know, Christmas and New Year's to interfere with us filming our next one. So yes. It has been a busy three weeks. It has been crazy. And I finally took a week off for the first time in forever. I didn't even take it off. Now that I think about it. I'm I proud of you. <laughs> You're proud of me for overworking? She's not proud. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm um, still a little under the weather, but I'm getting better. I mm. wish that I wish that the weather was nicer. Yeah, that's true. It is storming today. Our guest that we're about to bring on, Abdul, he actually, well, I guess we'll find out. I don't know if it was delayed because of, or he was able to cut his flight short because of the weather. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll have to ask him. Yeah. He's sitting right across from us, which is so weird. <laughs> I know. It's hard not to look at him. It is. <laughs> It was awesome to have Abdul on. Again, I just feel like I was watching a motivational speaker. I mean, yeah, he was, really was so motivational. I want to go find him and tell him my goals so that he can hold me accountable and tell me not to be lazy because I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting talking to him about how he was able to, because being a record breaker, graduating the program in four and a half months or four months and 28 days, to be clear, because he was able to do that. What did that take? What was the experience like? And what advice he has to others about um, how to get through that. And we also talked about his goals and where Mm -hmm. he intends to go with the training he's received from Blue Line. Right. And and his lifelong goals, too. I mean, he even wants to open a flight school. In Ghana. Yeah, which is crazy. You will have to listen to the podcast to hear the rest. Yeah. That being said, let's get into the podcast. Let's bring Abdul on. Welcome, Abdul. Thanks for joining us today. You are first (laughs) guest (laughs) on the Bravo Lima podcast. How does that feel? Feels amazing. You feel honored to be here. Do you feel nervous? A little bit, but you know, just yeah. want to make sure everybody enjoys the podcast. So, okay, are you more or less nervous than a check ride? Less nervous. Okay, than perfect. A check ride. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't know what competes with it. Although <laughs> it's funny, I've heard a, a lot ride. of students say that graduations are more stressful than check rides, but I don't know why that would be. But if I think if you're more so not a public speaker, pe- a public speaker. Yeah. So, oh, that's true. Because in, you in nervous, your CFI so. check ride, you have to speak a lot, but it's only to the examiner, right? It's not a a room full of people. Yeah. I'm curious. So for us scheduling this today, we tried to fit Mm -hmm. this in as quick as we possibly could. Yeah. And you had to take care of a flight that came last minute. Are you able to come earlier today because of the weather that happened today? Yes. It was very bumpy up there. (laughs) (laughs) We were about 30 miles from the storm. So we're just like, hey, let's call it. So let's get that out. Yeah. What academy are you in? 
in the IFR Academy. Nice. Do you like that? Very much like that. Cool. What Ashley's talking about is that we have academies, the way we structure our career pilot program, and we have the private academy, instrument academy, commercial academy, Academy, and CFI Academy, Academy. and the multi-academy. Wow. I didn't know there were so many So basically, he only knew there was private and instrument. (laughs) (laughs) We have an academy for every single one. I know. We didn't have academies when I was going through the program. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, On our last podcast, I don't know if you watched, but I was talking about how I was younger, and I was talking on the radio in a plane, and he was like, wait. Oh, you mean like a plane radio? The plane radio. I thought you meant like WRAL. I was like, you are a pilot. You can see how not proficient I am right now. (laughs) It needs to get back to you in in the plane ASAP. For sure. It's a goal of mine to fly again this year. But this podcast is not about me. This is about Abdul, our record breaker of the career pilot program. Yes. So if you. The fastest to ever go through the career pilot program ever. So if you can, just let's do this. Let's start from the beginning of who you are. Okay. Um, and then uh, let that lead into how you got into the program. And so, yeah, go ahead and let us know who you are. So my name is Abdul. I'm from New York. I grew up in Ghana for about 16 years before coming here. I started my junior year of high school here and up in the Bronx, New York. And went through college, worked for about six years, and then decided, hey, I need to start my career here at Blue Line. So, and I'm here now. You lived in Ghana for how long? 16 years. 16 years. Yeah. So to clarify, because we kind of started this conversation earlier. Oh, yeah. Goose is joining us again today. Hi, oh, yeah. <laughs> we voted and everybody that watched the pod decided Goose should be a regular on the Definitely. podcast. So our chief marketing officer, our chief marketing <laughs> officer is here. Just to recap, you were born in the United States and then you yes. moved to Ghana for yes. 16 years. Yes. What age were you when you moved to Ghana? Two years old. Okay. Yeah. So my parents were more so like in the middle of starting like um, their new restaurant. Okay. So they decided, hey, we can go stay with my grandma down in Ghana and kind of like learn the language, culture and everything else. And for them to kind of have some time to figure out things here. Mm-hmm. So it gave them the opportunity to start, start everything up. They ended up with three restaurants. Were you nice. back and forth? Like, were Yes. You, you yeah, were? I used to come here every other summer. So okay, cool. kind of still, you know, simulated. But not really. Right. For sure. Yeah. Because you definitely have, like, you have a, you have an, a little bit a of little an bit accent. Of accent and but then, yeah. So I kind of don't know how to get rid of it. <laughs> it's not like I want to, but oh, I just, yeah. you know, just try and speak normally, I guess. So <laughs> I think it's but actually. What is normal? normal? What yeah. is normal? Exactly. exactly. You know, so. What type French, of restaurants was it? Um, African restaurants. Okay. More so West African. So. so are there any here or are they all over there? All of the, um, in New York. Oh. All three in North in awesome. New York. Yeah. I have a sh- an extremely uncultured palate. So when you say African, what does that mean? So it's more so West African. It's like the rices. Of, so it's just more so different rices, soups, and, you know, um, vegetables made in different ways. So different spices too, mostly. It's Sounds way part. healthier than stateside type food. Yeah. <laughs> so you can have ones that will put you to sleep or the ones that will keep you up and working all day. So. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but. The United States has the most unhealthy food like of the entire world. Yet we are number one in fitness and health. True. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But I guess it's just but, the, but the it's because, and obesity. Though. Right. But it's For because sure. people yeah. in other countries don't need to be so into fitness and health because they're <laughs> right. not swarmed with French fries at age exactly. one. Yeah, that's true. That's it's true. crazy. I had a friend. I don't remember where he was from, but he was here because I was doing a, a temporary deployment in yeah. Florida. And this is when I was in the Air Force. And he came... Uh, while we were in Florida, and he had never been to America before. 
And he was telling me that he's like, why do you guys eat dessert for breakfast? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, well, he's like, and he picked up a donut and he was like this. And I was like, that's a donut. And he's like, that's cake. <laughs> right. True. It is he's cake. like, even your bread is like cake here. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. your white bread is cake. And I'm like, that's crazy to think about. Have People- you seen how a croissant is made? No. I mean, I know about the ones that come out of the Pillsbury dough. A lot of a lot of butter. A lot of butter. Oh, is it really? Yes. (laughs) But people who have it's like eighty percent butter. I thought they were like that's why they're so flaky. Yeah. But people who have a high, really, really high um, sensitivity to gluten in the United States can go to Italy and other countries in Europe or probably the whole world, and they don't have that sensitivity. They can eat pizza and they can eat because our our food is just so so terrible. Yes. Okay. We never introduced David. He now, because you're, you're filming with the iMac, right? Yeah. So his camera now comes to the iMac and he okay. uses photo booth. Nice. He was getting a kick out of it today because he found out it has filters. Oh, I love those filters <laughs> when I was yeah. in high school. When I was in high yeah. The ones that are Big like time. rainbow color. <laughs> exactly. And the four. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's so hi, David. Friend. Thanks for joining us again. Hello. Yeah. yeah well, glad to be here. How was your holidays? It was great. Good. Yeah. Nice. Saw a lot of family. Good. Okay, cool. So I, I want you to be the one that conveys it, um, although it's going to be in the title. But uh, you are the record breaker at Blue Line Aviation. Who was the previous record, record breaker? Uh, Who had it? Eliza uh, Rov was. Nick yes, Rov. Did you know Lizarov. him? No, I didn't. He I finished so. in five months. Exactly five months. So wow. you beat him by two, two days. days. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's, you're the record breaker for that. Nice. Um, so how long did it take you to go through the program? Four months, 28 days. Four months, 28 days to go through a five and a half month program. And I still had delays. That is crazy. You saw the what? Yeah, I still had delays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought he said I still have delays. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's, he's like, you said I'm what? a little hungry, so can you bring him out? <laughs> I knew what you meant. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, so you still had delays and you still are the record breaker. Yeah. So mm. when you found out, how, how did it feel? I was I was kind of surprised. Yeah. I was like, "Really?" So you did. Wait, did, when did you find out? Um, two days before. I actually was supposed to finish earlier than twenty eight days. Okay. Um, but due to weather, I wasn't able to take my check ride. So oh, that's that right. Pushed back a little bit. So so yeah. you had delays. You still are the, like that is just yeah. mind blowing <laughs> to me that you are the record breaker. And because our program is built to be done in five and a half months, and obviously we we build time in, into it for things like weather and stuff right. like that, but you would just think that you would finish on time, right. not be the record breaker. So yeah. that's really, that's you would think it would have to be, everything would have to be perfect, no weather issues, you know, exactly. I kind of planned it for like seven months to be done. Wow. Yeah, so I was like, you know what? I know it's like five and a half months, so, but you know, weather delay, so let right. me, Budget my rent for seven months. <laughs> and you're like, actually, I saved three months here. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. Let's do this chronologically to figure out how you were able to do what you did, right? So yeah. before you came into Blue Line. Mm-hmm. Okay, Goose. Hold on one second. Goose, <laughs> Goose has a script. Oh, now he's just getting comfortable. Okay. <laughs> so before you came into Blue Line, what did you do to be able to... Because keep in mind, guys, anybody that's watching, that the career pilot program that we have is the most efficient flight school program in the nation. So you took our normal timeline, and you graduated even before that normal timeline. Right. What did you do to prepare before you came into the program? Well, talking to Thomas Schmelz, he said, get your, your end done. Mm-hmm. Did you have you them all done before you came uh, in? Just but one. Okay. Which, Which one? one? The FIA. FIA? Jinx, okay. you owe me a Coke. Oh, yikes. Yeah. So he said, get them all done. I was like, okay. 
I thought if I don't get it done, I wouldn't start on time. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I was like, I got to get it done. I got to get it done. So I got most of it done and then started. And But for me, I'll say I had a little bit of a cheat code because I worked at an airport. Okay. Prior to starting here, so at I like, kind of knew like an international airport or a small. It was a small private airport, uh, Teterboro Airport, if people know it. So yeah, who doesn't know Teterboro Everyone Airport? Knows Teterboro. So, what did you do there? I uh, worked in airport operations. Okay, for about four years. Cool. And then Wait, after I, seeing, <laughs> out of curiosity, do you know why Teterboro? Why people, everybody should know about that? Oh, Teterboro is where all the rich guys go. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know what you're referring you know, presidents to. Is there some from fact? Captain Sully. Peterborough, he, was, he was supposed to go there. He was supposed to go there. He was supposed to go right, there. Right, but he yeah. didn't. They, they, they offered him that. Oh, correct. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the reason why everybody knows. I never heard about Teterboro until the Captain Sully oh, situation. Really? Yeah. I knew about it because that's where all the rich people go. <laughs> oh, see, I'm I like, had no idea. I'm like, yeah, he was going to go. He you know where else he there. was going to go? The Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> that's where he went. <laughs> so, yeah. That's crazy. But Sorry, Sully. I'm really impressed by you. <laughs> he's, a, he's a follower. Um, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> so working at Teterboro gave me the opportunity to see everybody flying, landing planes, taking off. And I was like, hey, I can't be here looking at people yeah. <laughs> do what I want to do in my life. So I just decided, you know, what? Um, shout out to um, Morgan Chin. Uh, she definitely put me on. Oh, she's, her, her she's the one that showed you blue line. Yeah. So yeah. I followed her page and I was like. Yeah, I want to. I want to fly in a plane that has air conditioning <laughs> <laughs> in the summertime. So I definitely wanted to come here. So we were talking yesterday about Morgan is our next guest on the podcast, yeah. and I brought that up. I had I told Andy, it's interesting that we're having Abdul and then Morgan because Morgan is the one who got Abdul here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I just think that's really cool. She was my hero. I was like always watching her show. Her, her, <laughs> She's hilarious. Her story, and I was like, wow, yeah, definitely want to come here. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting talking to her on, on her podcast um, about her growth because her growth started in the midst of Blue Line. Yeah. So it's gonna be really interesting talking about how she, you know, did the program that you're familiar with, how stressful mm -hmm. that is, and she, in the midst of it, she was creating content. She made it look so easy. I know. <laughs> she made it look so easy. It's I was crazy. Like, wow, I might be able to do this. <laughs> I did the same thing when I went to the program. I was like, I'm gonna create content. I got to instrument and quit. <laughs> exactly. I was done. But again, to clarify, he quit creating content. He did yeah, not quit I the program. Keep that. I yeah. tried. <laughs> Yeah, when I was in private, I tried to create content, and my instructor was like, let's learn how to land this plane first. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was struggling, too. So he was like, you know what? Let's focus. And then when you get to a point where you're more comfortable with flying the plane, right. and we can get that started. So what I'm hearing, Abdul, and what I think is really interesting is that yeah. you prepared to come into this program based yeah. on what your training advisor told you. Right. But it's not that you did it to be the fastest. Like, your, like your goal wasn't to come into this program and beat the... The record is, I mean, in my yeah, it wasn't, it that? wasn't the goal, right? The goal was to finish strong, right? I just yeah. think that's so interesting because going back to what I said earlier, you still had some delays with weather and everything. You would right. think, in order for it to be a record breaking career pilot program for yourself, you would need every single thing to go perfectly and that right. you would need to have every single thing done beforehand. Right. So, I just think that that's really neat. that yeah, it's almost like Blue Line creates some level of autonomy. Like the we provide the resources and support, and if you stay committed, you don't even have to have it at the forefront of your mind that right. you're going to graduate the fastest in the right. program. It's just if you utilize everything we give you, right. you you'll are succeed. yeah, you're exactly. the embodiment of what can happen. Exactly. Right. So, and it's not really about finishing fast. It's just right. more so about doing it right. Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Getting the experience, making sure you actually learn and 
remember th the things that you did learn to pass your check ride and everything else because obviously the program is not to just help you pass your check ride to also help you become an instructor who can instruct students yeah with that same knowledge you learned mm -hmm. while you went through the program and so. in in addition to that to be a safe and competent one exactly i mean obviously to get to safety the point is where number one exactly of course, so. right so and, and if you can't you can pass a check ride but can you do it safely can you, you know do it safely? exactly yeah, so one of the questions that we have was, how did you manage to graduate in four months and 28 days, but your classmates didn't? For myself, um, I saw Noah Ar Harland, oh, okay, who's yeah. an instructor here too, mm -hmm. get his uh, private pilot check ride done first mm -hmm. before our class, and I took it personally. Okay. So I was like, <laughs> what am I not doing right <laughs> And at the and time that he was still like, he finished up, I wasn't able to land the plane pr properly. So I was like, I might not be doing something right here, so... Mm -hmm. It just gave me motivation to so like just keep pushing push harder. The students that we're referring to, Noah Hartland, he's an instructor here. He's amazing, and he's still finished on time yeah. and on budget. He just didn't beat the record. So that's what that's what we're asking. What what did you do differently? I didn't have any family here. I wasn't working, so I was like, all my free time could be spent flying and doing some groundwork. So why not just get it done? Right. So I was basically here six days a week, right. trying to make sure I get it done. I was like, if there was a time that I was not flying, I'm hitting, I'm calling my instructors like, can you put me on? Can mm -hmm. we fly today? <laughs> what are you doing? No, nothing? Okay, yeah. let's fly. <laughs> so every opportunity I got, I was able to just tell them, hey, let's go fly. Let's do some ground. Anything that came up, I was available. So. Okay. And seeing your fellow classmates do better than do me. better than you. I was like. It fueled you forward. It fueled me forward, okay. for sure. That's funny. It's something I didn't think about. Cause, so when I was going through the program, it wasn't. I, I wouldn't, and I think it's because we're one building now. I think it's a huge factor because when I was going through the program, we were two separate buildings. You mm -hmm. had the flight side of it, which is already you, and then yeah. the more classroom side was like ten mile or ten minutes away. Um, and because of that, like you weren't always in an environment where you're always around your students. And yeah. I think now everybody's around each other. I I didn't consider the competitive environment that would occur within, yeah. you know, this the career pilot program. I didn't yeah. think about that. I thought so. it was a competition coming here. <laughs> I was like, Wait, this isn't a game? <laughs> this isn't a game? We got to finish fast? Okay, let's go. So that was kind of what motivated me. I, was, I wanted to get it done right. Plus, I felt like I've been waiting a long time to get this done because I had the mm -hmm. opportunity. I wanted to do it back in college, but I didn't get to do it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all my friends who are in the airlines now were kind of part of my motivation. We're like, hey, keep going. You know, if you have any questions, we can help you out. We can figure out how to you know, quiz you for your check rides or anything like that. So I had friends who were kind of supporting me too with that as well. So that's cool. How cool yeah. is it going to be when you get to fly into Teterboro? I've always wanted that. That's my goal. <laughs> and, and, the, and it's completely different, you know, and then there's going to be people working on the ramp or, or working in flight operations that are going to be looking at you and you're going to be able to be there. I'm not even going to say my call sign. I'm just going to say the call sign that I had when I was working what there. Is I'm back. <laughs> what is Tito it? Teterboro 79. <laughs> I love it. They're going to be so, like, wait, 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 what's landing? Wait. <laughs> so, so we, we got to set that up then. If you, the day that you land in Teterboro, you better remember oh, and I'm film it. Yeah, for and sure. send it to us. Oh, yeah. that's going to be so cool. I just bought two GoPros, so I'm just waiting to, for the opportunity to do that. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. So, um, I'm curious. So on, on the marketing side of things, when right. we publicize the program and the speed of it and stuff like that, and especially you, when we made content about you, mm -hmm. it created a lot of controversy. Yeah, you told me that. <laughs> yeah. So that being said, I'm curious what your perspective is on it about people that said there was two main things that people would say. Yeah. They said, one, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. Or two, it's dangerous. 
What would be your response to those people? They should come through the program. <laughs> <laughs> you got to come through the program, right? Because it's like you can't be outside of a building telling people what it's happening in the building. Yeah. Right? Ooh. So I like that. You got to have, you kind of have to come here. The, the program has not been successful if it didn't work. For sure. True. Right? So you have to go through the program and say, hey, what is going right and what's going wrong? Obviously, as time goes on, marketing, management, instructors, we all see how to make things better, right? So yeah. through time, things get better. So with all the instructors that I've, I I trained with when I was here, all of them were great, awesome. I wanted to, I inspired to be like them. So who's your favorite? <laughs> like legitimately, who's your? Who, I'm genuinely curious. Like who Kirby. was your? Okay. Oh, and, Kirby, and, that makes and, sense. And why is it more? Was it his personality? Was it his teaching style? Teaching style, personality. He was always calm. He was okay. just like monotone, just like, we're just going to get this done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he took a lot of time, even although all my instructors took the time, he was more so always there mm-hmm. every sure. single time. I called him, Kirby would pick up the phone. He'll walk me through stuff over the phone. I was just like, Hey Kirby, can you walk me out to the plane and like tell me everything on the plane? <laughs> he did it. <laughs> he's super involved. Yeah, he's he really super is. involved. So I was like, Kirby, like you're great. And like he took 20 minutes out of his day one time, even though we didn't have a ground. He didn't even we didn't even log it. He mm-hmm. was just like, what do you need help with? Mm-hmm. And he just kind of helped me through it. So And he was your multi-instructor? He was my multi-instructor. Okay. Yeah. And Kirby is at the airlines now. He just passed his ATP check yeah. ride and he's at Republic Airways. Yeah. So congratulations, no Kirby. Congratulations, congratulations, Kirby. For winning Kirby. favorite instructor award and for your <laughs> new career. Yeah. So I'm curious about um to bleed more off of the it being impossible or dangerous. Um, one of the common things, and we actually ended up making a video about this called Flight School, where's the experience? Yeah. So what is your response to people that say that there is no experience? You, there's not it's not possible to gain the experience in that time period. You do get a, gain a lot of experience. Through flying alone, you gain a lot of experience. Pe- people who have their own plane and just have their private pilot license gain a lot of experience, right? Yeah. So it's more so going through the motions studying hard to figure out how you can basically fly safely is gaining experience, right? For sure. Even though it's pretty fast um, for some people or may take a lot longer for some people to gain the knowledge and make it happen, mm-hmm. um, you still are able to gain the experience with everything that you do. Your, your instructors are going to put you through the ringer mm-hmm. every single day <laughs> till you figure it out. Yeah. And that's experience. Right. Right. So... You can't take away experience without necessarily going through the motion of actually doing the ground school, flying every day, and making sure you stay on top of your your game. So. Right. Yeah, it became, it, it's interesting to think. Who's that? A student. Oh, it was your, it was your phone? <laughs> yeah, it was my I remember iPad, when we asked actually. you if you put it on silent. Oh, no, okay. my iPad. iPad. I forget okay. that. iPads do yeah. that. I so you are here. not like Kirby. You don't answer every call. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> I'm just, if you want to talk to him, you can. If it's, um, if you I'm not even sure why he's calling me. Okay. Well, well, you can talk to him if you want to. Really um, let me shoot him a text. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, he just wanted to join a, a ground that I'm doing later. Oh. Oh. Yeah. He said no, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Everybody assumes, like, the comments on social, is that's what you're referring to, right? I am, yeah. yeah. Everybody assumes that you go through the program for four months and 28 days, and then you're an airline captain. 
And I, I think that they're forgetting that you, you got all this experience, like you said, from being prepared and flying with your instructor and making sure you're on top of it. But now how much experience have you gained from your short amount of instructing? You know, it's so much. So much. I think, I think it's just like teaching anything will Mm. teach you better. right? Right. So I don't think that they're taking that into account when they're giving us this feedback yeah. because instructing gives you so much experience. The question is, are they pilots? Probably not. You know, everybody on the internet well, likes to give opinions about stuff when they're not. It's like it's split. So here's the mm-hmm. thing, right? What we're talking about, and this is where it's going to be, and I'm really glad you brought up that people think that they become an airline pilot the second they get to 250 hours. Right. Let's not forget that that wasn't uncommon over like, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago, whenever yeah. it was, the ATP certificate didn't exist. Right. People got their commercial license and, and went, went to, to the, the airlines, airlines at 250 hours. Like yeah. that was not was abnormal. So it's like now there's the 1500 hour rule, which is debatable about whether or not it should exist. And Morgan, <laughs> yes. Morgan had specifically requested to talk about that on the next podcast. So yeah. that'd be really interesting. What is her opinion? Does she think it's stupid? Yeah, she think it's dumb. I what is she, what, what amount does she think, think they, think they should have? Too. Um, I, I don't they, know. We'll have to talk it, to her about I it. I think if they made it to a thousand, I think that's reasonable. For sure. Even I honestly wow. lean towards seven fifty. Seven fifty is reasonable if to if let's say five hundred hours of real of world you've been doing. Yeah, true. But do you really think that, okay, that's a whole nother car. I, I think I'm leaning towards the fifteen hundred hour. You really think that you have enough experience at that point? Yes. Think about it like this. You go to school, right? And then you go, get a job and you have on the job training. That on-the-job training is really much the only experience you're going to need because you're not going to do the same type of flying that you're going to be doing here, for ins- for example. Right. If you were a private pilot um, instructor, right, you're not going to be doing maneuvers mm-hmm. <laughs> in the airline. Hopefully yeah. not. <laughs> you're just mostly going to be worried, worried about how can I safely get my passengers from point A to point B mm-hmm. and back, right? So without we're getting 1,500 hours of doing maneuvers really going to help you True. Fly a jet. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's definitely elements, and there's a reason why we're saying that there is some level of experience. Absolutely. Like there's that compromise between 1500 and 250, right? Where right. it is right. that. And, you know, that that is in, in its own its own discussion. But um, it's definitely, there's a lot of evidence to point towards that the 1500-hour rule is the cause of the current um, pilot shortage. Mm-hmm. And it's the reason why you're seeing a lot of issues with all the airlines not being able to progress forward with growth. Exactly. So, um, because they have to abide by this 1500 hour rule and the history of it is interesting because if you watch the video of the, the crash that caused the caused 1500 hour rule, right. it was, it was the 1500 hour rule wouldn't have fixed that crash. It wouldn't so have. <laughs> it what wouldn't did have happen? Are the, we ruining the next episode? Kind of, but okay. So let's root it back. Okay. So it's split. The people that are in the comments, it's split 50-50. Some of them have never been to flight school, have no aviation experience whatsoever, I'm assuming. The other half is people that got their pilot license 10, 15, 20 years ago, if not more. Right. Okay. So for them, they've always been shown that it takes a pilot two, four years to be right. able to become a pilot. Because most of them went through the same thing. Yeah, so the same rigmarole, right. rigmarole of, of... like, you have to fly a lot to gain the experience before you can actually fly a, a jet yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that, so... Which is crazy, because when you go to a four-year college, you end up with the same 250 hours, exactly. unless you dedicated time in that four years to, like, renting a plane and doing right, more. Doing thing. But if you just kept to the minimal and you're working on your college studies at the same time, you're going to graduate four years later, if not right. more... Right. right. With 250 hours. And it's like we do that in 
four months and 28 days, but we normally, <laughs> our normal program is five months, uh, five and a half months. Right. So, okay. Well, Goose is really invading us right now. <laughs> Goose wants to say something. I think Goose wants to say something. Goose, what is your opinion about uh, flight school experience? It's the best. Can you hear him? <laughs> okay, so what Goose was trying to say, yeah. he wanted to know what are your goals with being an instructor, and then after that, what are you looking to do? So... The reason why I came back to Blue Line to be an instructor here was because I wanted to fly both planes, the multi and the 40. Um, How long have you been instructing really quick? Three months. Three months? Okay, cool. Yeah. So I wanted to gain the experience in flying different planes mm -hmm. and then move on after gaining the 1500 hour. Um, hopefully go ahead and get into the airlines, gain some experience there, um, form some connections back in Ghana while I'm doing that, gain some capital. Uh, put together some income to make sure I can actually start that flight school back in Ghana. Okay. So awesome. that's the goal. So well, what is it that you think you're taking from, cause I want to dive more into this flight school in Ghana thing, but yeah. I'm curious about why do you think you need to go through the process of going to the airlines and everything to then open a flight school? I think anybody who has done it before will tell you, you kind of have to, you know, it's steps to get there, right? Mm -hmm. sure. There's no shortcuts to success, right? You want to make sure you experience different things in your <laughs> you experience different things in your career before you actually shoot for the goals that you know you want to make sure are sustainable. Yeah. Right. You can't just cut corners and think, hey, I can make this happen unless you have other people who are doing the work for you. For sure. You know? So it's like doing a, a group project in school, right? The people yeah. who actually do the work understand that they have to do the work yeah. and take the steps and make sure it's done right. right. So without doing that, you won't necessarily be successful at what you're planning to do. And the, it yeah. kind of sucked because when I was my last check ride, my MEI check ride, I used to, I was supposed to take it with Trey, but unfortunately he got he got injured. Mm. So I was like, if I take my check ride with Trey and I pass, that's like a stamp on my, <laughs> <laughs> my logbook. You never took one with Trey. I, I didn't. I didn't. So I was like, I mean, everybody knows Trey. Trey is like the toughest of the toughest. You know, mm -hmm. if you go through Trey and you pass, you're like, you got that stamp. <laughs> you're a pilot, pilot. You know. So I was kind of excited to take my last check ride with him. Yeah, he was very much. <laughs> he's bringing up someone by the name of Trey. Um, Trey is the uh, the founder of Blue Line Aviation. Co-founder. Is it co-founder? Oh, yeah, co-founder. Sorry, Kelsey. Um, Kelsey's his wife. <laughs> Trey was also, I, I, I don't know if he's still going to be doing it. He was a DPE here as well. And that's what he's talking about is Trey was one of the toughest DPEs you could have as, as to conduct one of your check rides. Right. One thing that's interesting about Trey is he took the same path that you're talking about. I don't, right. I don't think it was his goal to be open a flight school. It was just his subpar experience of going through ATP. Right. And he ended up going to the airlines and he took that and then developed Blue Line, right? right? So he had all that airline knowledge and then built Blue Line. Right. Because Trey had a, his perspective of the goal for Blue Line, mm -hmm. what is your goal for your flight school? What is it? Is it recreational? Do you want them to go to, towards careers? Uh, I want them go, to go towards careers, but obviously in Africa is more so different from the um, the United States or Europe, right? Mm -hmm. right? So the rules are different, right? We don't necessarily have as much equipment, you know, navigational aids as much as we do here in the United States or in mm -hmm. Europe. So that getting to the point of getting a student through instrument and, you know, their MEIs or what, whatnot, it's going to be a challenge. So True. it's not just a step of, oh, let's open up a flight school. Can we open up a flight school and have a training environments that they can actually training and make sure they can meet the requirements of actually getting to the airlines yeah. and right. being successful. 
It's I'm so just, much that goes into, right. into it's it. Not, you know it's what not I mean? apples to apples. I'm all. imagining you opening a flight school and you also like buy your own ILS system. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you start buying your own ground equipment. You're like, all right, well, if exactly. you're not going to have one, I'm just going to make exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> so it comes it comes down to thinking about whether or not it's going to be at the international airport, which is um, mm. Accra, right? Kotokai International Airport. Sure. Is it going to be based there or mm-hmm. are we going to open up a flight school somewhere else? That has a small airport that's not non-towered or whatever the case is, right? Are there flight schools there? Yeah, there are flight schools there. Oh, watch yeah. out. So there are flight schools there. <laughs> <Abdul's Incoming>. coming. <laughs> there are flight schools there, but they don't necessarily aren't as fancy or meet the mm-hmm. standards at, to the point of a flight school here. Right, like, right. You know, um, technology okay. could be better. And um, like the Sims are more so not the best of the best. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For sure. And I think... For people to be successful and experience every every aspect of flight training, mm-hmm. like what um, Blue Line has done for students and myself, you know, to gain that experience, gain the type of, you know, training with the instructors, with the equipment, with the planes, making sure the planes are available to fly, making sure you have the right weather to fly and make sure you have the opportunity to make sure people are enjoying what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know. Is is pretty much the key, you know. I'm curious. So I'm curious. What fleet would you have? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought about. I was like, I can't. You got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, you got to sure. start somewhere. You can't just go for from uh, one to hundred, right? Mm-hmm. Planes are expensive. <laughs> Aviation in <What>? general <laughs> is expensive, right? So at some point, I figured I'll probably start off with like one one fifty twos. If one seventy twos, if I get um, investors uh, put in the money to get get us some one fifty twos or one seventy twos, maybe one eighty twos if we have that kind of money mm-hmm. to start off with. But I figured one fifty twos a good starter plane to mm-hmm. you know start your private with, and then hopefully develop and get a one seventy two with some G one thousands in there to help you with your IFR training. Are the are the ratings and and certificates the same are they equivalent in Ghana like do you have private instrument commercial commercial yes multi- they, they pretty much are the same okay. um the only thing is in Africa and in Europe too you can gain you can actually do it here too most of the people go from private to commercial and then do their instrument interesting training so okay. that's more so the process there than it is just going from PPL then to get in your IFR you saying rating private commercial then instrument yeah that's private saying? commercial then instrument I had yeah. a friend that did that here actually. yeah there are some flight yeah. schools in the United States that yeah. do it that way yeah um, so it's more that's more so the process there because they want you to do more flying before mm-hmm. going oh. into the clouds <laughs> I mean yeah that oh. that makes sense I just feel like it, note to uh Discuss that with operations. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I lean towards the direction that it's better to get an instrument before then. Because yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, it allows you to find, uh, obviously, more climates of weather, but yeah. also you when get you, to do instrument in, in commercial. commercial. Right. Exactly. So, um, but maybe it's like how private is, how you do a little bit of instrument in private, right? Like maybe they do the same thing with commercial, and, and if you already know. Yeah, so they do a little bit with commercial, but not extensive. Right. Got it. Right. You know, yeah. they, because it's always VFR mostly. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so you just do a lot of VFR <laughs> flying and then when you get some weather that comes in, you either simulate or just go actual. For sure. It, so what was your most memorable flight as a student and then maybe even as an instructor? As a student, I'll say I had a flight with Trevor as a PP uh, when I was doing my PPL program. I couldn't I couldn't get my landings down at all. Like it was just not happening. And we kind of landed 
ended the that flight and then went back up again. You said kind of landed. That's so funny. <laughs> we we landed and then took a breather, came back. It just clicked. Mm. We just kept on running the pattern multiple times in crosswinds because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what that was all the conditions I faced in my PPL uh, program. That's why I was kind of finding it hard to land the plane because flying in the crosswind landings a lot tougher than just. You know, calm what calm wins. days? Definitely. <laughs> so, um, being able to experience that and going back up again mm-hmm. after that two-hour flight, I went back up again for another two hours. We're able to do new things, yeah. right? Try new things. Mm-hmm. He switched it up a bit. His instructor style of how he was teaching me yeah. how to do it, and then we kind of went with a new flow. And it just clicked. That's yeah. awesome. And then when I landed the plane, he'll tell you this if you ever ask him. Like, I just jumped up and just gave him high five. <laughs> and I was just like, man, now nah, I get it. It's the best feeling when it it's, finally it's clicks. It's, and I think that's really cool that you had a flight. Yeah. You landed. You Well, you kind of landed. You took a break. And then you went back up the same day. Yeah. And it clicked. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. It was, yeah, if you guys ever want an introduction to Trevor, we actually the the we just recently released a video of Trevor about mm-hmm. a day in life of an instructor. He's one of our senior instructors. So if you guys ever want to, see I think the, you guys should definitely have him on here. Oh, you for know, sure. Yeah, absolutely. We it'll had to be get a, him before you leave. It'll leaves. be a two hour <laughs> <laughs> podcast for sure. And I'm pretty sure you have a lot of things to to say for sure. Yeah. If you guys ever get a chance, definitely check out the video. You get to meet him a little bit, and yeah. he's he's a great instructor. Awesome. What about your most memorable as an instructor? As an instructor was actually today. Um, wow. That was most, it wasn't this bad earlier. Yeah. It was more so. Ooh. Abdul just kicked my dog. I, no, he. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um. He's okay. He's okay. Now he just thinks you're mad. So you have to make it. To. Look, <laughs> zoom in on that. <laughs> That's funny. So um, today's flight was pretty much very interesting, even though it was like about an hour. Okay. Super bumpy. Uh, most bumpy ride, sporty flight I've been on thus far. Did your head meet the canopy a bunch of times? Yeah. Yeah. A couple mm-hmm. times. So. Um, but it was pretty interesting. The student that I flew with did pretty well, handled mm. the plane pretty well. And I was like, all right, I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah, though I wasn't scared, I was just more so um, worried about my student making sure he was safe and mm-hmm. feeling confident in flying the plane because you don't want to push a student too far sure. and right. make them do something that they're uncomfortable with. So yeah. you want to make sure they are comfortable doing what they're doing and are sharp in making sure that they're executing as needed. I think it's important that the student gets exposed to those real world scenarios, right? right. We're not going to always be like, is it the perfect day? Absolutely. Let's go fly. Absolutely. Right? Like we see those moments as, and we're not pushing the limits. We're not like, oh, there's a thunderstorm. Let's go fly through it. Right. right. We're but never like that. To we're be never clear. like that. Right. <laughs> Safety is still always number one. Absolutely. But in the end, it's like, hey, no, like it, I, it's, it's 30, 40 miles out. Right. Like, and we can, you know, we obviously do our pre- a pre-flight with weather and everything, right. and we can see the direction it's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was definitely monitoring everything, mm-hmm. just making sure we're like we're staying far away from the thunderstorm. And then when we kind of got into our last approach, and the wind started going crazy, mm-hmm. we decided, hey, you know what? Let's call it for now. What was and your final crosswinds? Do you know? It wasn't. It was more so of a headwind. Yeah, we had a tailwind, <laughs> uh, forty new two knot tailwind coming in. <laughs> Oh, oh wow! My on gosh. Fi- not not on final yeah, yeah. coming in, oh, okay. not, not on the <laughs> ground. More so. I was and like, then, you should have used the other <laughs> runway. <laughs> no, the when we came in, um, the winds were right um, wow. down the pipe for us. But oh. on the climb out, it was a fifty knot tail um, headwind that we experienced. So wow. interesting. You know what I love that you said is that during that experience, the most memorable today. I love that you said you were making sure that your student 
was safe and comfortable because later when that student is an instructor yeah. and they're put in a situation where, you know, the weather changes, cause it's going to happen to everybody. Right. The weather changes. He's not going to feel like he needs to push his limits because right. you have taught him in these, in these moments, I need to make sure no matter what I'm safe and I'm comfortable. And my student is safe and comfortable right. so that when that student goes on, you know, it, it continues. So I think right. that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. Because uh, as students, we all, Myself included, because I'm still a student of, you know, aviation. Always a learner. Always a learner, you know what I mean? And we all have our own personal minimums, you know. Right. Um, as a student who's flying with an instructor, the instructor can push you past your personal minimums mm-hmm. to a point where they feel comfortable that you can handle it, yeah. right? And if it gets past that, they have to make sure they can recognize that and, you know, land the plane. Yeah, or adapt accordingly, yeah. Adapt accordingly. So I figured he said, hey, I'm uncomfortable with this. I was like, great, let's land the plane, you know, and yeah. call I th- it. I think another cool thing that the career pilot program provides is it's not even just the, the the piloting side of things when it comes to discomfort. There's also the discomfort, which is difficult for instructors, but it's important for them to understand and learn, is things like basic things when you're with a student and, right. you, you know, you talk about hygiene or anything like that, right? Right. Like you're being put in a position where it's like, okay, when you go to the airlines, you're going to be working with somebody right. that's going to be of higher seniority than you. Absolutely. And you need to have the ability to question them. Right. And it's cool that like you see that in flight, but also on the ground. Right. So, um, so yeah. And you learn that with risk, risk management, um, crew resource management, single pilot mm-hmm. resource management, you just learn how to basically manage a flight. Right. right, and that's what we're trying to teach our students to basically manage mm-hmm. a flight on their own if they're not with a with an instructor. Yeah, right. If you don't accomplish that, then you cannot necessarily send your your pilot, your student pilot off to go do your own thing mm-hmm. outside of Blue Line. Yeah. Right, you know, mm-hmm. you have to make sure is my student going to be able to fly this plane if I'm not? <laughs> right, that's a good. That's point. the question you mm-hmm. have to ask yourself every day. You know, even before yeah. you send them for a check ride, you want to make sure mm-hmm. can my student handle this plane without me being there reminding them? Right. Yeah. I think one of the cool, one of the things I liked about the instructors I had when I was going through the program was they would, they had their different ways of going about it, but they would say that they're going to do something or they would start to do something that would be something that you're not supposed to do as a pilot. And they're doing Mm -hmm. this on purpose. They're not Mm -hmm. like being ignorant to it. But they're seeing if you're going to recognize. So absolutely, I do that with my students all the time. Yeah, so, yeah. I start talking to them when we're about to take off, and I want them to say, "Hey, start a cockpit, no yeah. talk." Mm-hmm. You know, some of them catch on, some of them I remind them, "Hey, this is what you need to do when this is happening." Because we give a briefing, right? We give a safety briefing, we give a, um, mm-hmm. a departure briefing. Yeah, we have to be mindful of that. Real life scenarios can happen, and you have to be ready to recognize those things and react pretty quickly. Yeah. Like but even yeah. today, my student was, um, we're supposed to contact approach when we departed from Gen X, right? Mm-hmm. And he wanted to switch the frequencies to um, approach prior to getting to a safe altitude. And I said, mm-hmm. hey, you need to leave the frequency that we have on for Johnson before you switch, clean up the plane, get to a safe altitude, and then switch mm-hmm. the frequencies. Because fly if the plane. you fly the plane, right? Yeah. If you get an emergency, you want to be able to not have to switch over, mm-hmm. you know? You mm-hmm. have to be able to, hey... Something's going wrong. Um, talk to Johnson. Let them people know something's happening so yeah. you can turn back around and land at Gen X without having to worry about am I on the right frequency. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you have plenty of time before you have the contact approach, exactly. right? Like, I mean, I know they're like only 25, 28 nautical miles from here. Yeah. 
So you have time. You have eight miles to figure it out. Exactly. So <laughs> get up, clean the plane, make sure the plane is in the right configuration before you contact them. Because once you contact them, they're going to give you a lot of instructions and you want to be able to mm-hmm. be ready to do everything they tell you to do. So Yeah, because task saturation is one of the leading causes for crashes. Exactly. So. Exactly. so, Abdul, how cool does it feel to work in a place where you can go upstairs and get the best food in the area anytime you want, it's except amazing. for Mondays and Tuesdays. Perfect sponsorships <laughs> segue there. It's definitely amazing. Um, low and slow, whenever you're in the building and get to the lobby, you definitely, <laughs> when you smell it, you just think twice, like, should I go upstairs? <laughs> it's and like they're not even open yet, but you can smell it when you're walking yeah, in. Yeah, I actually and- smelled it last night. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't, they weren't open they weren't open the <laughs> they were, and he was actually home also <laughs> uh yeah it's it's uh, awesome to to have that and i'm glad you enjoy it thanks for bringing up low and slow <laughs> because they are today's sponsor of this episode so low and slow smokehouse located at the johnston regional airport beautiful rooftop views of Absolutely. abdul and his students taking off yeah and just land the plane nicely yeah, and enjoy fifteen <laughs> no. percent off your low and slow order when you dine in and mention the Bravo Lima podcast through the end of February. Make sure you bring your your friends and family too. <laughs> bring everybody. Bring the whole fam. The whole gang. <laughs> we post a graphic for every podcast yeah. before the podcast happens. If people if they have any questions for you or us as well. Go ahead and go through some of those questions. So the first question is on Facebook. It's from Justin Riverd. He said, how were you able to complete the program in under five months? And what advice would you give to future students to be successful in the program? For me, hello, Justin. How you doing? <laughs> um, I'd say it's all about dedication, right? You, you've wanted something so bad for so long. When you get the opportunity to make it happen, you're not going to waste a day and allow time to go past without you achieving that goal. So it's more so, what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? Is it important to you? Is it semi-important to you? How bad do you want it? You know, mm-hmm. if somebody wants to lose 30 pounds and they say, I have the money to go get a personal trainer to teach me how to lose weight, they're going to do whatever it takes because they're spending money mm-hmm. <laughs> and time to make sure they achieve that goal, right? So it's more so about dedication, how disciplined you are. Can you focus on something and not be distracted by everything else that's happening in the world? And can you push yourself through it, no matter what you face, the obstacles that you face? What, so. would, you, what would you say to someone that, because this, and it will happen in the program, and I'm sure you'd experienced it, that you lose motivation. Mm-hmm. What do you do then, right? So there are times you will plateau um, in your learning experience, um, trying to trying to get over a hump that you probably have issues getting. Mm-hmm. Maybe it might be ground, maybe a certain approach or a certain maneuver you probably can't figure out. It's more so allowing yourself to figure out all the possible ways it can get done, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's not a one-trick pony type of training here, right? You can train with different instructors and you will have different ways to make it happen. It's more so allowing yourself to, to basically telling yourself, hey, how am I going to achieve this? Right. If my instructor is not teaching me the way that I'm understanding, can I fly with somebody else? Yeah. Can I try seeing a different perspective, mm-hmm. right? It's those things. Being Not being lazy is one, too, right? You have to tell yourself, I can't be lazy. I have to push myself. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want to watch TV and Netflix and tune the world out. Yeah, well, you want to escape, especially <laughs> in the wanna, program because you want to escape. You definitely want to escape. And there's mm-hmm. multiple times that I called myself trying to escape, but mm-hmm. I was like, 
I have a flight in two hours. <laughs> or I have a flight in the morning at 6 a.m. I can't just no, not do nothing. I have mm-hmm. to prepare myself. And my instructors never really gave me a chance to slack off. I think know? a really big help is obviously when you do lose that motivation is you're kind of bringing up some of those points is utilizing the support around you the and support. the resources that are provided exactly. to you. Right. I think the support around you is going to be the biggest thing. If you deal with a motivational hump, like that's where it's like, okay, like I'm going to lean now. I normally am self, I'm independent, but mm-hmm. now I'm going to lean on others to help mm-hmm. me get through exactly. this little portion I can't. And then one thing I loved about Blue Line was the fact that I can ask people questions mm-hmm. at all times, yeah, right? Sure. The environment is made up to basically help you. Right. If you don't succeed, it's because you probably didn't try. Exactly. Right. You brought that up in the video that we made of you previously about how Blue Line provides you the resources that you right. need to be successful. Exactly. So as long as you use those resources to the you best of be your successful. ability, you will be successful. So this is on Instagram from Fly with Alexis. Hmm. She asked, how many hours total does it take to go from zero to a commercial license? All right. So hi, Alexis. Um, so for, to answer your question, for Blue Line, we have reduced minimums, right? So for us, we don't necessarily have to meet the 250 hours that you need to get your commercial license. So we have less time to basically acquire that. So generally speaking, other flight schools that may not have 141 programs, right. you have to have 250 hours to get your commercial license. Yes. But because we have the 141 programs, we are able to have lowered minimums. Absolutely. So you can. that's how we're able to get you through right. in such a short amount of time. Right. I remember I was really curious, and I I think I was asked Trey this question, but I was wondering why we're not 100% 141, right? Why did we, because we have a mixture of 141 and 61 programs, mm-hmm. and because 141 isn't always the most efficient route. Right. So that's the reason why we are the way we are. We're a mixture of the programs, because mm-hmm. 141, sometimes 61 is the more efficient route to go. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but yeah, um, good answer for that. Okay, so next, uh, we have a question from someone we've never met before. <laughs> <laughs> their name, their, their username is bentwing623. Right. Do you know who that do you is? Know who that is? No. Okay, well, <laughs> let me ask it first and then we'll tell you. How do you look that cool while flying? I can't compete. <laughs> it's Jonathan Bentley. It's Jonathan <laughs> Bentley. <laughs> Jonathan, Bentley <laughs> Jonathan Bentley is one of our uh, flight instructors, so he's our coworker. I mean, Jonathan taught me how to be cool. You know, <laughs> he, he, he gives me a ground lesson before I go fly, so. <laughs> Definitely try to be like Jonathan for sure. John, Jonathan was Abdul's mentor in coolness. So, yeah. <laughs> so on TikTok, we had someone ask the question. Okay, I'm going to try to say their name. Zad Al Fala 7. Did you have the option of flying multiple times a day? Absolutely. What does that look like? So come here at 6 a.m., fly. Well, do some groundwork first mm-hmm. and then go fly for two hours take a break, your instructor probably goes fly with, fly with somebody else, and then you come back and fly with him again for another two and a half hours, and that's... More ground work after And more ground work after that. <laughs> I so. don't think it's possible to do the program in five and a half months, let alone four months and 28 days, without yeah. flying multiple times a day. Yeah, I think w- I, when I looked at the data behind it, I think our average is we average anywhere between like five to seven flights a week or something like that yeah. is average for our program. You're definitely going to have days where you're going to have stacked flights. Okay, cool. So thank you for answering all those questions. It was awesome having you on. Like It was amazing being yes, here. Yes, thank you I so much fun. for joining us. I think it's <laughs> amazing that you are are the record breaker and that you're our first guest. 
I appreciate so. you guys for having me for sure. Yeah, and your humbleness is nice to bring up too because it's typically people that are competitive, right, mm-hmm. will be a little too egotistical. Mm-hmm. And that is just not the case for Abdul. That is not even a part of your character. And I think there's a, a warmth that comes from you when you're around other people and they feel a positivity from you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we want to kind of let you know that we appreciate. And we're really happy that you chose to work with us. Um, I appreciate in that it. Sense. I appreciate it. You know, each one teach one, you know. So mm. being able to help others and being helped, you know, has to go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Other sure. people help me. So I want to help other people as well achieve your dream. Yeah, I felt like we were talking to a motivational speaker a little bit. <laughs> he has all these like one liners that... You know, I wanted to actually, I know I was joking, but I wanted to actually write down so I can remember. And just piggybacking off of what you said, I agree. You are almost more competitive with yourself, but in a good way. You know, you're not like too hard on yourself, so you're still able to grow and succeed. But you see other people succeeding and you're not like, you're not saying, oh, I have to be better than them. You're like, why can I not do that? Honestly, for New Year's, my, (laughs) my New Year's resolution was I have to be a better instructor. I was like, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I feel like I <laughs> Maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's the separator between those that are egotistical mm-hmm. is yeah. they it, it's more internal mm-hmm. competition than it yeah. is external. So that's a good point. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, I was flying in and I was basically tracking my flight back <laughs> to Raleigh um, on four flight. And I was like, I want to be able to do what these guys do. <laughs> and I was like, I got to be, I have to step my game up by being an instructor, right? So get that experience, be able to shoot the approaches that they're doing right mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah and push myself to teach somebody to do the same thing mm-hmm. and even better, right? Because yeah. I, I usually tell my students, I want you to be better than me. We don't have a limit. Mm-hmm. We can be better than we thought we could. So being able to push ourselves to the limit that we know and our potential teaches us to be, we can allow ourselves to just soar through the skies, right? Mm-hmm. And just do our best. I'm going to give you an Abdul quote because you said something about limits. Since we're pilots, the sky is not the limit. It's just the view. It is the view. It is definitely the view. For most people. And we have the best view. Have you ever heard that saying, the sky is the limit? I have. And, you know, because people that aren't pilots, the sky is the limit. You know, they're saying you can go, you can go nowhere. But for pilots, when you're in the air, you're like, now what? No, that's, it's not the limit for us. It's just the the view. You can always keep going. I feel like I've always had a lot of day thoughts about this. Because it's like the the sky sky is is the limit. limit. (laughs) Because a pilot can't go. Now, if you're an astronaut, the sky is not the limit, right? Because you break class alpha. Exactly. But that's the point. He is not going to hold himself back from becoming an astronaut. Yeah. Because he's like, he's saying no. Like, if I can fly in the sky, that's not the limit to me. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Because you're allowed to, you've put yourself in the thing that we're saying is the limit. Right, Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, cool. Andy, you know what his name is? (laughs) Analytical Andy. (laughs) We should have like like a specific song that like analytical yeah, it's Andy, like ding, analytical ding, ding, Andy, Andy, and it breaks into him like. Now let's talk about that quote <laughs> because the sky is the limit. <laughs> All right. So before we let you go, um, is there anything that you would like to let our audience know? And you can look in this camera if you want. Um, so for all the audience listening, for those who want to be pilots or are working their way through their licenses and ratings and everything else like that, don't give up on yourself. Right. Allow yourself to experience everything, the ups and downs, right? It's a roller coaster experience that you might have. Allow yourself to go through the motions, cry if you have to, because I did. Like a man. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, Get help if you need to. Um, Ask a lot of questions and set goals for yourself. When you set goals for yourself, be be disciplined to achieve those goals and allow yourself to make sure nothing is going to stop you from gaining those, achieving those goals. 
And that's the best advice I can give. And how can they contact you if they ever want to reach out and ask you questions? Uh, you can reach out to me on Instagram, um, ambassador. Underscore grid. Underscore grid. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it on there. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it on yeah. the screen. So if you wanted to um, shoot me a question, ambassador underscore grid on Instagram, and I'll do my best to answer your question as best as possible. Cool. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It was amazing. Maybe, maybe we'll get some people that are watching and they're competitive and now they want to beat you. I want somebody to beat me. Four months, 27 days. But I want them to beat me and do it right. In 59 minutes. In 59 minutes. I mean, 23 hours hours and 59 59 minutes. minutes. (laughs) I do want somebody to beat me, but I want them to do it right. Right. I want them to not just shoot for a goal of finishing fast, but more so finish right. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. So it's just more so, can I get through this and make sure, like, I can be the best pilot I can be and mm-hmm. not just at Blue Line, but other places as well. Yeah. Right. And again, I think that it's so important and so amazing that you have that view because it's amazing that you, you beat the record and you have the record of four months and 28 days. But at the same time, it really, just like you said, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't what matter. matters is that you are a safe and competent pilot Absolutely. and that the look he gave me when I said it doesn't, of course, <laughs> of course, of course it matters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, it's just really important that you finish the program and you have, and you've learned everything that we have to offer. Absolutely. You know, for anybody, you know, watching that, that is competitive and wants to beat it, like, we encourage you to do that. But we also encourage you to take his, you know, persona of making sure that you are doing it the right way. Yeah. Cool. All right, we're going to actually say bye to them this time. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, one more thing. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you so much, Abdul. It Thank was, it was a pleasure. And, and we'll see you around. This was fun. At Low and Slow. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we might have a part two with you about like where you end up at the airlines or something like that. Or when you're in Ghana with your flight school. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I love that. Episode 1,222. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you, man. Okay, so we always like to give away uh, the special discount at the end of our podcast. So go ahead well, and Well, this our... is our first special. Oh, it's our first special. That's right. We, so didn't, we couldn't do it for the first one. The first one was our pilot episode. <laughs> it's the pilot episode. So so now we have our second episode, You know, our first, our first guest, Abdul. So we are offering a huge special for our career pilot program. So if you want to go through the program, just like Abdul did, five and a half months, most effective, most efficient program on the, in the nation, we are offering $5,000 <laughs> off the cost of the program until January 31st. So if you enroll for February or March by January 31st, you can get $5,000 off the program. So if you're interested in taking advantage of that special, just mention the Bravo Lima podcast, episode two with Abdul, and we will apply that to your career pilot program cost. And contact our training advisors by calling us or filling out the information on our website. If you would, would like to connect with Ashley or me, you can see us in the description of this video. All right, that being said, we're going to wrap up this podcast. So skies are clear, comms are closed. Thank you for watching the Bravo Lima podcast. Bye. See you next time. Not our pilot episode. <laughs> <laughs>